you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear... Now, it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and I'm joined today by none other than Jack Packard from uh, Funny or Die, and of course, Red Letter Media. Uh, Jack was nice enough to answer a request from a internet website where I asked him if he was interested in talking about comics, and it spiraled into us talking about the three versions of The Punisher that appear on film. Jack, thanks for being here, man. Thank you so much for having me, and more importantly, thank you for giving me an excuse to watch Dolph Lundgren as The Punisher. The Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie is strange because that was pre-A.V. Arad. Right, yeah, this was just... Anyone can make a Marvel movie. There's no one at the helm, no one from Marvel helping <laughs> right. them make it or guide them in any way. It was just kind of like, here, here's the license, do whatever you want with it. And for their money, I got to say, like, I remember this movie being pretty crappy when I was a kid. And it must be because I was like 10 and I just <laughs> heard Marvel and I just watched it. And I must have fallen asleep halfway through because when I saw this movie again, first of all, it was like seeing it for the first time. But secondly, how much they got right (laughs) blew my mind. Because everybody who talks about the Punisher from 89, all they think of is he has no skull and he rides a motorcycle. Like, that's all they got. Right. Well, uh, to me, after my first viewing, all and, you know, I watched it very young. All I remember is Dolph Lundgren's butt. I completely forgot that. That movie Trojan Horse, that butt and fruit basket on me. Right up until the end, like we're 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 snaking through the sewers, and then all of a sudden, boom, ball sack, and I'm like, I do not remember that. And then I was he, talking about it with somebody he's else, a and they're very like, fit man. He's, he's very proud. I mean, like, listen, he's an Adonis, like mm-hmm. no 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 question. Uh, it's just kind of like, what was that all about? <laughs> well, and that like that's how they start the movie. Yeah, like that's our first image of the Punisher post opening credit sequence. Right, is him naked, like meditating in the sewers. Yes, oh, man. <laughs> also, um, you know, I, I know I just said like literally this movie got a lot of things right. I don't remember the Punisher actively operating exclusively out of the sewers with virtually no technology at all outside of his motorcycle. You know that uh, there was a budgetary restraint. Oh, certainly. (laughs) Well, because they shot the whole damn thing in like I don't know Australia, I think. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, "Well, he operates out of New York. We can get all the stock footage of New York we want, and we will use it liberally." But (laughs) besides that, you know, we can't let them know it's in Australia. So let's just shoot in tunnels and 
closed sets that look like tunnels. Right. Um, so if we have to travel anywhere from point A to P, uh, he's doing it in the sewers, and we'll just use the same 10 feet of sewer track. <laughs> yeah, he uses the, new, the Ninja Turtle Express to get anywhere. <laughs> and, and by the way, he rides that motorcycle everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. In, in sewer tunnels, on top of huge ramps. Like, there's a great shot where he is riding through, I think it's like an abandoned carnival. Yeah. And they've got the the, the bike-mounted camera looking up. And I'm like, this is a good shot. <laughs> just like, throughout the whole movie, I'm just kind of thinking, like, I'm kind of impressed by how competently this movie is made. Right, right. It's it's the the Dolph Lundgren Punisher is is really something special, especially for those of us who are comic book fans and movie fans. Right, because because you can look at the Punisher, you know, universe, if you will, and, and really see the the progression of comic book films as a whole. Yeah, where where you know that first Dolph Lundgren Punisher, it it was basically Death Wish. You know, right. like they they were going off of seventies exploitation, grindhouse, torture porn. Easily kind of, could have been like a canon movie, but it was a New World Pictures <laughs> movie, which of course works out fine. But like, it's literally just. I think that's why they took the license. I think they're like, well, we basically are making a movie just like this next door. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just call it the Punisher? We don't even need the costume. Just, put, <laughs> but by the way, the costume I kind of dig a lot. Like. If it had the Punisher logo on the shirt, which I know is like kind of being a stickler, but it's, you know, it's comics. If it had that, 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> from from the violence to the ninjas to the like Italian stereotypes, everything oh, about man. it. Um, so crazy. Works. The torture scene is great. And Dolph Lundgren, right? Everyone always says like Dolph Lundgren. That's the first thing they go for is mm-hmm. that they got this like dude who sounds nothing like an American to play the Punisher. <laughs> he looks exactly like the Punisher. It's, it is, well, and you can tell they put a lot of work into making him look like the comic book character, including his very obviously like spray painted on stubble. Oh my God. Yeah. Which looks, <laughs> I mean, terrible if you look at it closely, but they have those shots like the, the flat face on shots. That uh-huh. is a mirror image. I'm sure to a comic panel. He Absolutely. looks exactly like classic Frank Castle, Absolutely. which like you said, like, they they don't care and they're just making a movie they're like marvel is not marvel has no say at all and yet they're making this movie they're like we've got to make this look like the punisher like he has those steel-toed boots that you would never see in real life that completely <laughs> work in this movie and that's like his introduction whenever he's in public view like anytime you ever see i remember just being like we're getting another shot of his boots like okay all right um well, that's how you know it's him. That's right. He's got the boots. <laughs> because otherwise, he's just wearing a black jacket and black leather pants. Right. Like everyone in 1989 <laughs> at that time. Oh, yeah. No, and, and Marvel, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people who who have kind of maybe younger viewers or, or listeners uh, who kind of grew up with the MCU and with Kevin Feige right. in charge, you know, like they have a Marvel rep there to make sure <laughs> that the movies are, are up to their standards, right? They're on brand, so right. to speak. But, but back in the eighties, Marvel was too busy suing Hulk Hogan to worry about any of this stuff. 
It's true. And so, oh my god. Yeah, they're uh, just 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 trying to rub two pennies together to keep warm. Exactly. And so it was just like take it, make a movie, I don't care. But luckily someone there kind of knew who the Punisher was. Right. And and basically the you know, I, I, Punisher isn't my favorite comic book character, but no, I, I dig it's him, a, but it's an action movie, you know. Exactly. Well, Punisher like every time they make a Punisher movie, I think there's no way they can screw this up. And every time I'm incorrect, <laughs> but like, but I think like there's no way because all you need to do, like you said, is just dust off a script for Death Wish, or mm. some other, you know, whatever movie about a guy who lost his family who needs to kill everyone in the room, <laughs> and you've got your movie. Just make it, make it violent, make it action heavy, and then you know, make it so that the main character sometimes regrets what he does. Boom. Right. <laughs> We kind of get that, I think, in Warzone, but we'll, we'll, we'll yes. get there. We're, finally, we, they got it a little right. Yeah, yeah. I I can't stop talking about this movie until we mention Louis Gossett Jr. because unsung hero of this flick for me. <laughs> uh, he's, he's putting a, in the work. Yeah, he's putting in the work. Like there's there's that scene where it's him and Frank, and they're in the jail cell, and he's just he's like, "Let me in!" He just grabs him, and he's slapping him. I'm like, "Wow, Gossett Jr. like thinks he's in a real movie right now." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, think, I mean, and it depends on when they shot the sequences. Like, there's a moment when he's like captured by by Ch- Dr. Charles Nichols from The Fugitive, and um, oh, yeah. oh no, that's not no, yeah, he yeah he is, and um, he tricks the guy into letting him out to go to the bathroom, right? And then he attacks the guy with the pizza boxes, and you're thinking like, okay, he's got this pizza, and he's like a cop who's been through so much. What? awesome way is he going to disarm this guy he just hurls his whole body at him like my like in my cousin Vinny, when joe pesci just jumps on that redneck like he just hurls himself at him and the pizza box goes flying and then he just picks up a slice and eats it on the way out and i'm like beautiful that's just amazing just an incredible sequence the i mean the entire movie it's also I mean, I mean, if if we were to look at it outside of the the realm of comic book movies, right. it is an incredibly unfocused movie. <laughs> oh they, yeah, they tried to shove so much shit into there. So like at at first, uh, the Punisher is fighting just the regular mafioso. You yeah. know, if we're in the Marvel universe, they're magia, right? right. Yes. Can use uh, that mafia word. That'll because you can't definitely can't call them mafia. So they're they're magia goons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then. The Yakuza shows up, like, straight-up ninja Yakuza. Which, like, they kind of tease at in that weird Vertigo-esque intro. Yes. Which is, like... I had to write that down. I was like, the intro is like a cross between Hitchcock, Vertigo, and James Bond. (laughs) And it... Like, why? Well, because because that's probably exactly the note the guy got. He's like, (laughs) make it like James Bond and Vertigo. Go. Like, uh, and make it that's, fast and cheap. Those are two tastes that I don't know if we're going to taste great together, but <laughs> let's go for it. It's it's actually it's a little nauseating. Yeah, the, but the they intro. but they tease all the villains he's going to kill because they show like a cutout of characters that appear later in the movie, mm-hmm. and then like a bullet shatters them, and so you're like, okay, mafia guys, right? Then ninjas, and you're like, what? <laughs> and we meet this like yakuza female head of the clan, and like. I, I don't know. For me, yes, you're right. It is completely unfocused. Like, it goes... I, I But for me, I think they're like, there's not enough here. We gotta go... We gotta, like... We gotta do all three Punisher movies in one movie. Like, 
in the first one he fights the Magia, in the second one he fights the Yakuza, and then in the third one he he's got to like team up with the last Mafia Don to I don't know save his son or something. Let's put them all together in one movie. By the way, weirdly enough, all these movies have children in them, which is kind of like why would you put kids in a Punisher movie? But anyway, well, and it's 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 that's why I kind of love the Punisher movies as. <laughs> As a as a marking point for where we are in comic book movies, because like they know enough where they're like, okay, like that's the one thing like the Punisher as a character. He's so far gone. He just he murders everyone. Right. He's he's above the law. But the one thing that can bring him back to being a good guy is remembering his kids. Yeah, I guess that's that's such a staple of the Punisher as a character in general that they just slap it on every movie. In, in, yeah. in Dolph Lundgren's movie, like there is a, an entire subplot where the the yakuza captures all of the Magia kids, yep, and he goes to rescue them, but forgets one or leaves one behind. Or it's it's a little confusing, it's exactly as you describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really beautiful how they they kind of they knew that that should be in there, but they didn't make it personal Make, like you know if, if you look at a really good example of a punisher movie if we go all the way to war zone <laughs> yeah uh, which i think is a legitimately good punisher movie mm-hmm. like he has interactions with the kids and right he, you know there's a back and forth and we kind of feel that relationship that he once lost yeah uh here it's just like ah eh, this kid's uh, he's gonna shoot him maybe the kids will swear it'll be great right like he he's like this kid could be my sidekick like that that's kind of the the kinship he has with like <laughs> with uh with the dudes like the the main mafia don son because that's the idea is that, like this one guy he's definitely supposed to be gunning for the entire movie mm-hmm. has a son and that son is captured and the son is to- seemingly totally cool like <laughs> he pushes over lady tanaka um right you know right. he curses uh he spits he's 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 got it all yeah he's a tough um, guy he's a tough guy kid. yeah and then frank kills his father in front of him and he's got to live with it and frank's kind of like yeah it's kind of cool like <laughs> Oh no! And I, I actually, he does, I, I really yeah. loved it at the end there when, when he's just like, you know, hey, be a good guy, or else I will kill you like I just <laughs> killed your father. <laughs> he like, literally has murdered this kid's father in front of him, and then uh, asks the kid to kill him. The kid doesn't, and he's like, okay, be good, or I'll kill you. Like, <laughs> this kid is not going to have any like forward momentum oh, in his no. life. It's just going to be therapists. And <laughs> <laughs> But that's so that's so great because like Frank Castle is not a clever character. Right. He's not <laughs> someone who like has tricks and traps. He is a dumb, blunt tool. Yeah. And that's exactly how he would end it. Like, all right, I guess I won't kill you, you won't kill me, but uh, you know, maybe I'll kill you later. See you later. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> like don't Yeah. That I mean that that's a that's a staple of the first and third movies, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I loved his dialogue such that it was. I think Dolph has, I don't know, 12 lines of dialogue. Stevenson has like four. <laughs> and they all involve really short sentences, very small words. And they usually involve like death or killing or <laughs> his children. Uh, but it's, I, I have an unequivocated, uh, unequivocated love for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um that I will be watching again and again. Like I called the team. I'm like, we have to watch Punisher. And they're like, didn't you see that for the podcast? And I'm like, we're seeing it again. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is not for anybody but us. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is movie night now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this is a, this is a tradition now. I'm going to watch Punisher. That opening sequence where he murders Dino Moretti's whole family and you don't even see him. Like he kills him with rope and with guns and <laughs> in this whole elaborate sequence with like a, in a mansion. Mm-hmm. It's, I was like, I'm sold. 
the other thing I really appreciated was that there was no origin story. They right. just kind of go, five years ago, his family were killed, was killed, and uh, now he's just been killing people for, for like, the last... I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. You know, I, I know we talked about this when we did, um, when Jay and I did the Blade review. Yeah. It was the same thing that that they got right so far ago. Like, we don't need an origin story. Here's the hero. This is their power set. Go. Right. Let's get to the story. Let, let's that, get to the action. Let's get to the story. And yeah, Punisher, Dolph Lundgren Punisher uh, did an amazing job where like it, we got 30 seconds of a newscaster giving us the the play-by-play. Which was not only narratively genius, but also just a quick shout out to old cinema and being like, how come they don't make news broadcasts look like news broadcasts anymore? Like in that in the 80s, I feel like they might have actually gone to a news station and been like, can you just record this really quick? And then we're just going to put it in a movie. And they're like, a movie? You got it. But like, Well, it was probably cheaper. Was probably oh, definitely. Cheaper. <laughs> they have to. Like, they literally just film They film a CRT TV. They don't even show you the footage. Uh, and it's great. Uh, but I, I, I'm always uh, circling back to like, do you remember your Spider-Man 3? Mm-hmm. That sequence where... The Sandman and Venom have teamed up, and they cut to like the news broadcaster, and it's like in crisp, clear, <laughs> high definition, no lower bar of information, no logo for the news crew. Like it's just this old man who is in no way in his prime. They would have fired him twenty years ago, and he's like the worst news. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> right, right. Where's the perm? Come on. <laughs> Where's, but, where's uh, the per- wait a minute? <laughs> I just want to say, like, out of context, where's yeah. the perm? Where's might the perm? Be the greatest question ever. That's our that's our new bumper sticker. Just Available in the stores perm? now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, it, and I, I think we can talk. We can talk very highly about Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, uh, be, just because it, it's it, it was at a time when it didn't have. A template to follow. No, and it had no right to be good. Like, right. it could have just, it could have just been, sh- it could have been the, co- not even schlock, just like lower than schlock, just like egregious and obvious. But they like, every character they introduce you to, they're like, this is a character. Uh, <laughs> except for, of course, the women, in which case, uh, they are a complete waste of time, and I feel really badly. <laughs> You know, it was a different time. Yeah, but the, like, I mean, we we get a, a de- we get some decent backstory for the queen of the yakuza. Yes, we, yeah, Lady Tanaka is really cool. Yeah. She doesn't get to give her own agency. Uh, we we leave that to Jerome Crabby or whatever, <laughs> uh, where he tells you the cool story about how she murdered her brother. But like, right. but, but the character of Sam, so, short for Samantha, she says. Oh um, right! Oh my! Oh my God! You know what? Oh, I no, yeah. completely forgot she was in the movies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because they're, they 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 explore nothing. Like she insists on being Louis Gossett Jr.'s. Uh, he has no character name. It's just Louis Gossett Jr. Absolutely, uh, Louis Gossett Jr.'s partner. And we find out that Louis Gossett Jr. was Frank Castle's partner, and that he was like I don't know an alcoholic. And Frank pulled him back, and now he wants to help him. And mm-hmm. but uh, but Sam wants to be his partner. She proves herself by knowing all of his cases. And then they go looking in the sewers for Punisher. They never find him. And then Frank punches her and you never see her again in the movie. Like, at one point or another, she like he knocks her out and then, like, she's out. Like, she's out of the movie. We never see her again. Yes, he punches her out of the movie. Uh, I... <laughs> he literally punches her out of the movie. I am trying to, like... 
Uh, right. And, you know, I, I just watched this movie two nights ago. Yeah. And you don't remember her character at all. I, I'm trying to remember any, <laughs> like, was her dad a cop? Like, was, I did don't she remember. have any any character trait at all? Oh, right. Like, besides female detective or female cop like, no. like she, she was basically she she could have been replaced by a dictaphone oh easily like if you gave Louis Gossett Jr. a microphone and a recorder to talk into to give oh exposition <laughs> that's that's her character she, easily oh no what's great is he's cagey with her so she just keeps asking him questions and then just bounce off of him mm-hmm. so it would be like if he asked rhetorical questions and never answered them exactly <laughs> But like, um, the, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and and you know, even um, who's the other the other female character is the uh, the the queen of the yakuza's. Oh yeah, adopted uh, Kim daughter. Yeah. Oh, the daughter. Yeah. The daughter uh, who is mute. Oh my god! See, I forgot about her character. <laughs> uh, that's the yeah, Lady Tanaka's. Lady Tanaka has, if you're not familiar with 89 Punisher, and by the way, hopefully you've paused the show and watched it. Uh, we should make that like, very clear. You should go exactly. watch it. But, like, uh, so she has a, for no reason, she, like, kidnapped an American girl who was mute, who went through some shit. I don't remember anything about her character. She was, like, she, I, I assume she went through some kind of trauma. Punisher murders her indiscriminately. So it really, like, I don't feel bad for her or I'm not, or I'm not supposed to. I don't know. Right. Well, you're, yeah, no, she, I mean, she's basically like a, she's a mid-level boss. <laughs> if, that, she's a temple gonna, guardian. She, she's not a, she's not a minion. She's not a henchman. She's mid-level and, and they have a little back and forth fight, but uh, Frank oh, yeah. Castle does uh, snap her neck and, uh, you know, e- equality be damned. I think that's great. It's true. Uh, you know, they, he can kill anyone regardless of race, gender or creed. It's true. Uh, he's a hero for to us all he's a hero to us all so but but like she's introduced as a character like lady tanaka and her daughter get an introduction like oh this is her this is her daughter she's mute yeah and that information never pays off in any meaningful way no by the way in the credits she is credited as tanaka's daughter she has no name shut up is that true swear to god <laughs> Tanaka's daughter. They never refer to her as anything. <laughs> they just say that's that's she. Like, they couldn't she... even make up a name for the credits. <laughs> All right, I, I stand corrected. I thought Sam, whatever the hell her name was, the detective who nobody cares about, was the most marginalized female in the entire movie. And turns out that Tanaka's daughter wins the prize. Yeah, uh, uh, a... Tammy, Tammy Tanaka. Boom. Like, Thank you, Tammy her, Tanaka. Classic. Give her some name. Yeah, at least. And, and make it, a, since it's a comic book, I love that you went alliterative with it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, in a movie that has three women, one of whom is the TV newscaster. Uh, <laughs> I think we also see Frank's wife in a very, like, out of nowhere, why are we even doing this flashback? Like, we get a flashback at the end of the movie <laughs> to oh, yeah. him, like, playing with his kids. And, by the way, Marvel's, Marvel cameo, the, both his children are wearing... Spider-Man pajamas. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> it's literally a blink if you'll a blink and you'll miss it moment." Well, because they get blowed up pretty soon after that. Oh yeah, easily. Oh no question. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I will say, um, out of everybody who, whenever they do like a flashback or in the set the next movie, um, an actual straight up like whole plot where Frank has not become the Punisher yet, um, I think that uh, Ray Stevenson's the one who looks the most weird. Not in a Punisher suit. Oh my god! But it, it, almost, Dolph is almost the next comical. 
it, seriously, like it was like they were going for laughs. Yeah. But uh, but with Dolph, it's the second most weird. He he looks so out of place because you're you've been looking at his. He only has one expression through the whole movie, and he wears it the entire time, except when they have that one flashback of him as Frank Castle, and you're like. Oh my God! Stop smiling! Like this yeah. is not okay. <laughs> no, he and his expression is—it's like if you open up your refrigerator to get milk for your cereal, <laughs> and you don't have any milk, but you've already poured the cereal into your bowl. <laughs> just that oh shit! Right? It, it's not necessarily like a, a big emotion. It's just mm-hmm. general glumness. It's, it's just I have—I've given myself a chore. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. in Frank's case is murder everyone in the movie and, and, and I want to say is he wearing like a blonde wig in the flashbacks he's wearing his hair is very yeah. strange it's very strange Ray Stevenson's absolutely wearing a wig yes. or at least they dyed his hair <laughs> it's very weird in in London's case I I can't even remember <laughs> no well and he's wearing like a he's wearing almost like a Miami Vice like oh my god shirt you're right. and and a, and a suit coat a white suit coat jacket or something it's vi- it's out of place to say yeah, the least it, it is um the only reason by the way that I even brought up <clears throat> the Sam female detective character was that in my research of checking IMDb um, which, by the way, led me to finding out there was a book being made of this movie, was that apparently Nicole Kidman was going to play her. <gasps> because they were shooting in Australia, and she was just hungry for roles. Sure, uh, sure. That and I'm be... like, man. When was uh, when was her big breakout role? The one with uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Far um, and Away? Wow. I don't know yeah. if anyone has ever said Far and Away was the breakout movie of anything. Of Nicole Kidman, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'm trying to think of anything that I... I feel like the thing that got her into the zeitgeist, if you can use that word, is uh, Batman Forever. Oh, shit. Yeah, when was that? Okay, so... That was 94? 95? Far and Away was 92... Oh shit! So okay, that was way earlier. And you know her with Tom Cruise. That's that's that that wasn't true. nothing. It wasn't a good movie. I don't no, even that know was all why needed. I remember it. I- <laughs> that's fair because I watch bad movies all the time, so I remember them. Yeah, that's all right. Let's see what we got here. I'm, I'm going. I'm going back. Yeah, let's let's go back. Let's go back. Let's look. Oh, at Nicole you Kim's know what? Movie. She was in Days of Thunder. Okay, there you go. So probably Days of Thunder would be her big big breakout her big breakout what was she well, do- I, what was she doing in the mid 80s oh yeah she was doing nothing in late 80s yeah so <laughs> and by the way uh just so you know punisher never came out in movies <laughs> in the movie theaters so this would not have been her breakout either but they would have absolutely put her on the dvd cover oh in God. the 90s when they re-released it oh no if if she was on it then we'd be getting the blu-ray releases like they would actually like care about putting this out into the world again yeah yeah as it stands, no one cares. Um, you know, I'm, and it's it's such a shame because it really is a, a you know, I'm just going to keep going back to this. It's like a postmark in yeah. where we were at the time for comic book movies. You know, this was this was right before Blade. Yeah. And and that and Blade is really kind of the the kicking I think off it's, point. I think it's like a decade before Blade. So you've got lots more you got lots more batman to look forward to right after this oh yeah and i I guess i don't even count those batman movies those were so strange (laughs) you know yeah batman hollywood looks at batman as a separate entity like comic book movies are things like the phantom and the shadow 
and <laughs> Batman is a franchise that we can like. I think that I think that legitimately Hollywood looks at Batman the way they look at the James Bond franchise, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Who's going to be the new Batman? What's the new Batman villain going to be?" Like they literally think of it only in terms of franchising and not in like what Batman adaptation are we going to look at? Like, which is why we've never seen anyone just go like, "How about we just do." Like the man who laughs. How about we don't just do like, you know, long Halloween? Like, oh yeah, that- no, they 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 don't care. This is actually something that, that Rich and I used to talk about quite a lot. Like the the best Batman story is when Batman is fighting, you know, Fat Tony. He's just fighting a regular mobster, and he's got to use his wits. And the reason we will never, ever get that Batman movie (laughs) is because you can't make an action figure about random mob guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, they made action figures of Jurassic Park. Like, they'll, they'll, don't, no, no, never underestimate the power of the action figure. That had dinosaurs. That's different. That's true. But, That's true. But yeah, you, yeah. Bat- Batman is not a movie franchise. Batman is a toy line manufacturing press. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, for giving me an excuse to even revisit this movie because it is a it is a treasure. Well, and and you know every every one of them is is a perfect little you know height marker, if you will, for where where we were at the time. If we jump forward to um, Thomas Jane's Punisher, in, yes, the two thousand four, the Punisher, right? And, and so like we're starting to take our first uh, his Punisher is right when we're starting to take our first awkward steps into adulthood as comic yeah. book movies. You know, it's it's right when we're getting like the Spider-Man movies, the Daredevil movies, the X-Men movies. Yes, and so like this is, this oh. is the Jay and Silent Bob strike backing of vacation <laughs> of uh, of comic book movies, where they're just like because the plot of that movie is just like grab all of them and make anything. <laughs> the Punisher is, and by the way, this might be one of the most adaptive. Like this one actually took stuff from the comics mm-hmm. and made them real. The Russian. <laughs> yes, a Garth Ennis creation appears in this movie for no reason other than it's in the comics. Well, but also that was a pretty cool fight. <laughs> it's a great fight. Oh no, it's it's. I think that the people who made this movie were excited to make a Punisher movie. Absolutely. Well, and and, and, and we're also yeah. seeing you know on, on the studio side of things, we're also seeing a big profit in comic book adaptations and so not only are the people excited about making it they've seen that oh if we stick closer to the source material uh, yeah. it does better at the box office and they they probably got a slightly bigger budget than yeah i mean than any other movie that they were making at the time well certainly any punisher movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> right and so yeah, this is probably the most expensive so they, you know, like they they were taking some risks that I think if if you look at a fight like the Russian, where yeah. you know, like we get a throwaway line that you know Travolta says because Travolta's in this movie for those of you who haven't seen it, who yeah, and is he ever? I- <laughs> <It's>, <sighs> yeah, so so he just says send in the Russian, and you know the Russian comes who is <laughs> basically uh, like stepped right out of a comic book page. Yes, big ridiculous so, outfit. His his he looks like a like a drawing. Yeah, and we get a beautiful fight. It's not necessarily tonally. It doesn't belong in this movie. No, but it's something. 
Right. It's all just standard Hollywood, like, here's some here's some shit. Here's the scene where the mobster talks to the other mobster. Here's the mobster tells the other mobster he's going to kick his ass. Like, here's a scene between, like, the mobster and his wife. But then, like, you get the Russian scene. <laughs> right. Which is set to opera music. And it's punctuated by, like, <laughs> Punisher's wacky dorm mates who are <laughs> all making dinner. And uh, and it's just, but then he, and it and it's kind of funny, and you're like laughing, and you're enjoying it. it. Punisher is reaching for deadly weapons, and then like he points a gun at this man's face, seemingly to blow his brains out, and then the and then the Russian crushes it with his bare hands. So you're thinking like, oh, this is goofy and fun. Then he throws a boiling pot of water in his face. Right. Oh, horribly disfiguring him. They <laughs> horribly they fall down dies. the stairs. I love that shot when we look down the stairs and we just see like the Russian's arm somewhere where it's oh. not supposed to be. It's yes, oh, it's beautiful. It like they they were getting there. It's uh, I, I always refer to this time in comic book movies as the awkward years. It you are totally. This is the growing pains for Marvel. It, well, uh, and comic book movies in general. Exactly, and you know, like kind of the 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 budget, the technology, the the CG technology to to give us you know what we are looking for as an audience uh, a true comic book experience was almost there and also yeah. just figuring out that tone right like what how seriously should we take stuff like a giant man wearing a red and white striped t-shirt like how earnestly should we portray that yeah um it's interesting because <clears throat> whereas with a, with an iron man they were like okay take everything you know about iron man all four things and distill them into one movie because everything is in this movie, right? Because they're like, it's it's a Hail Mary. We don't know. No one knows who Iron Man is, by and large, in terms of Hollywood. So just, just throw it all at the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Punisher, he has, like, at that point, like, you know, 60 years of, of, of history. You could do anything with him. And they create a villain for no reason in the form of John Travolta's character. Mm-hmm. They... They Hollywood the crap out of that movie in a couple of, like, really key problematic ways. But then everything else, everything that's pulled from the comics is pulled from not just, like, one comic, right? I get, like, how, you know, you can make one movie that's an adaptation of, like, one graphic novel. This is Garth Ennis is writing The Punisher at Marvel right now. Let's use those comics specifically for this Punisher movie. Like, so Spacker Dave shows up in this movie, like Bumpo and Joan. These are characters created by Garth Ennis who appear in this one time of Garth Ennis comic book Punisher history. The the Russian, everything that you like from the comics is from this one comic, this one time mm. that came out maybe a year or so before the movie. So like, well, because like, that's, yeah. that's probably what they did. We're like, we, we, okay, we got to make a Punisher movie. I don't know. Go pick up some comics. We, we right, <laughs> go to the store and buy the ones on the shelf. <laughs> and then they were like, these characters are in it. These are, I cut like no reference at all to microchip. Mm-hmm. The battle van is now a sweet muscle car. Yep. <laughs> like, everything is completely right and wrong at the same time. It's Schrodinger's Punisher movie. <laughs> so, uh, but I love it. Uh, I, I, they're also, but it's, but like I said, they're Hollywooding it up. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Punisher operates out of New York. Whoa. <laughs> Hold that. Uh, slow down there, Kimasabi. We can't afford New York prices, nor can we afford Toronto. What if we shot in Tampa? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say Tampa, Florida? Yeah, Tampa, Florida. Well, he's supposed to be in like a bustling urban jungle. How about... Okay, what if he starts in Cuba? 
That's where he's going to start or Puerto Rico, wherever he is. Yeah, Puerto Rico. Like, <laughs> how about he has a, like, and if he he kills his family, you mean to tell me he doesn't have a cousin or an uncle he can shack up with? Kill all of them. Yes. His whole family. In fact, here is a family reunion. Kill yes. everyone. Oh, it's beautiful. They spent a good chunk of this movie on the preamble, you know, like we we get to, you know, he loves his family. He's, re, you know, retiring to his desk job. We meet yeah. his extended family. There is a lot of time. I'm not going to say wasted. No, I would say too much time, but I wasn't, I wasn't bored because they, you know, because they open it with an action sequence mm-hmm. that sets up the tone and you know Punisher's coming. Like, you know that it's all going to go bad soon. So you can enjoy, like, the tender moments. While also being like, eventually he's going to shoot some people, though, right? Like, it's going <laughs> to... I mean, everyone here who we like is going to die. Okay, all right, that's fair. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, okay, it, all right. Also, they they, sli- they again, they were like, okay, so how many kids does Frank Castle have? Two? What if it was one? <laughs> and we'll trade the one kid for every other member of his entire family. <laughs> oh, sure, but I can, like my, what my point was is they spent so much time, you know, like, if you're doing an origin story of The Punisher... Yeah. Uh, there, there, there has to be some buildup to him straight up murdering people. I mean, like, like we said in the '89 Punisher movie, we just got a telecast. Like, I don't, oh sure, I don't know. But at that point, he is, he's already the Punisher. He's killed 140 some people. We don't, <laughs> we don't yeah. need the like. Like the the character of Frank Castle, who starts off in 2004's Punisher, is just yeah. a normal by the book cop. Everything right. is fine. Then his entire family gets murdered, and then immediately he picks up all the guns and makes a right. plan to kill everyone. Where there there was not that there wasn't that moment. You know what I'm thinking of is uh, there's that scene in Casino Royale where where they say you know you can't become a 007 until you know you've gone on a kill mission basically right and and it's a really wonderful scene where you can tell that killing someone by you know being ordered to kill someone bothers him yeah but but he he gets over it he gets through that scene and then the rest of the movie can happen that we don't get that scene in 2004's punisher no where no that's right i think they skip some steps in order to get to the punishing Right, because Thomas Jane, that's the thing. For me, I have always loved Tom Jane as the Punisher. But I think it's because I just like Tom Jane as an actor. Oh, he's great. He's great. Because he's he has he has too much charisma to be the Punisher. Ooh. Ooh, you nailed it. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. He's too likable. Right? He's too likable. When he's miserable, I'm like, just hook up with Rebecca Romaine, man. Just move on. Come on. John Barenthal, who is... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I love Netflix him. I think he's Punisher. great. He's fantastic. As you know, as far as uh, an actor and The Punisher goes, he's, yeah. he's him. Uh, right. But he does a but, really good job of riding that line between you don't really like him, but you're still rooting for him. Well, it's great because every time we, we didn't we didn't get a chance to we're not going to be able to talk about the show because the show is not film. <laughs> right. And it's also like we were watching 12 more of Punisher movies. <laughs> but uh, every time you start to like him, he does something that you don't like. <laughs> yes. Which which is that is the Punisher. Yeah, and, and you know, like I, I know, this is getting off topic a little bit, but you know, 
something like a, a regular television series is more akin to comic books where it's serialized yes. stories told over a long period of time where you can, you can have a whole show where you really like him and he's a good guy and he's redeeming himself and he's not going to do any more bad things. And then the next show, he is a total dickhead. <laughs> exactly. And that's the line that you need to ride where you don't necessarily, at, at least in these first two Punisher movies, you don't necessarily get that. There's no. just not enough time to build your relationship with Frank Castle. Well, and arguably, that's kind of like the fallacy of comic book movies in general. And it's why I think the MCU works so well, because it's movies approximating a TV style. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, yeah, Tony Stark doesn't really go through much of an arc. But if you watch four movies he's in, he does actually grow as yeah. a person. <laughs> and it's it's insane how well it works. It's just a, a it is a solid universe. Yeah. Well, it's why I think anyone likes Daredevil now. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't grow his character in one movie or you get Ben Affleck as <laughs> Daredevil. That, By the way, that once again like that's a perfect time capsule of like <laughs> where are we with comic book movies i think it came out like right before this punisher movie so it's like the same thing like oh yeah let's get evanescence to do the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> new metal just cover it in new metal please uh nailed it but that's the thing like that's that's when uh thomas jane's uh punisher came out right along it was like spider-man 2 daredevil yep. and the punisher and the Punisher, which, like, one of these things is not like the other, everybody. <laughs> Though they did try to make Daredevil way more like the Punisher than it should have been. Weirdly enough, yeah. Um, I also want to point out just, like, that Jonathan Hensley worked on this movie, who, like, has a weird obsession with not only the Punisher, but also, like, westerns. Oh, my God. It was so heavy-handed. Clearly. Like, this dude is like, I, like... It, it, Every time you re- you see an interview with like a an idiot movie director or some like <laughs> terrible you know hacky person, and they're like, "I love this movie because I've always wanted to make this other totally incongruous <laughs> type of movie, and now's my chance." Yeah, like I, I want to make a western, so for no reason whatsoever, uh, John Travolta can have some goons in this like t- Tampa high rise, <laughs> and. They will, and for no reason, we're going to high noon this scene. And there's a scene where Punisher takes out these dual Berettas and shoots them. And it, and all I could think of, and I was so like, I was like, well, why do I remember this happening? It's because I merged two movies. Because Punisher lets them duel and then shoots them, which is very unlike Frank Castle. Mm. And I was like, why doesn't he just shoot them? Why do I think that he should? And it's because I'm thinking of Escape from L.A., when Snake Plissken goes, nobody draws until this can hits the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and then he throws the can in the air and shoots everybody. Of course, because that's something Snake would do. And, I, and, and then I thought, holy shit, John Carpenter's The Punisher is something I need to see. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. That would have been fantastic. Like, if, if would he have was been making fa- Punisher yeah. movies back oh. back in the days. 25 years ago, yeah. that would have been freaking amazing. Uh, now, I, I think not. Uh, what's the last movie John Carpenter made? I don't know. Was it? It wasn't vampires, was it? It was. Uh... <laughs> but you know what? He wouldn't do it anyway. He's he's going on tour. He's making music now. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but I, I guess that, like that's the point is at, at this point in comic book movies, you have directors who are still trying to turn the comic book genre if you will into something more recognizable like yes. we'll take this the punisher movie and i'll try to twist and contort it into a western 
That's exactly right. And, They're like, well, I don't want to make a comic book movie, but I will make a western. But I that's not. I don't understand that language, <laughs> but I do understand what a western is. Oh, he's the outlaw Josie Wales. Now I can make it. I got Boom. it. And, and and so you have these people who don't. And it's not even about like respecting the source material. It's just these people no. who don't understand the source material. It just straight up don't get it. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know we're still seeing that a lot with with the bigger movies and you know some of them at least. But but mm-hmm. it, you know during this time we were getting a lot of that, and it yeah. it just shows like Frank Castle has the weirdest plans in this movie. <laughs> oh, very intricate. Very intricate detail, like. It, Frank Castle again, as far as I know, and you know, I've I've only read a, a few Punisher books. I, I kind of know about him in the ether because I'm a general comic book fan and a, a sure. big Marvel fan. But uh, Frank Castle is a guy who likes to murder people, and he found an excuse to murder people. That's right. it. It depends on the interpretation, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like either he can't help himself mm-hmm. or he's always wanted to do it like certainly the show says no you like killing people you just needed an excuse right. um ennis has a different interpretation but like who cares <laughs> well it's just insane. you know like I, I i think back to like did you read the uh, the born series yeah that's what i'm talking about where it's like he made a deal with this like demon inside of himself <laughs> But and he's like, I have. You've got to give me your family, and I'll let you keep. And I'll let you keep doing it. You know, it's besides like, that last page, if you just tear out that last page, <laughs> yeah. it's a perfect series. And and I, it is a perfect series. But like, the, you can't. I think you need that last page. That last page <laughs> is the like is the crescendo. It's it's. You can tell that's what Ennis was building. Oh, for. I hate that. You know, last he, page. <laughs> he wrote that last page first. Like, I'm, I don't know that for a fact, but like, I know it for a fact. Like, it's he has this idea. It's so terrible. Because like it's it's something that was already said like uh, if you you know like if you let me uh, work through you I will give you an endless war and then yes you, I love that you just know where that's going because you know that it's you know it's the Punisher but then that's it's called the Punisher right <laughs> yeah then there's a stupid last page yeah. where where they basically like detail like they give you the fine print so like oh by the way uh, your endless war will be because I kill your family and now you have to fight everyone forever haha. <laughs> Haha, like what? But uh, similarly, there's another book that Ennis wrote called Punisher The End, mm-hmm. which, like Nuff said, was another trick that Marvel pulled where they're like, we're never going to end the Hulk. We're never going to end the Punisher, even though we cancel that book like every couple of years. <laughs> um, let's write the last story of those characters. Mm-hmm. And the the Punisher The End is just Garth Ennis going, what if I rewrote Doctor Strangelove with the Punisher in it? Oh, my God. And it is just a shit fest. Um, <laughs> so it's ba- it's basically like a, a an offshoot of the What If series. Yes, yes. Oh, it's like, but it's like darker and the last one, mm. and almost all of them are a total waste of time. <laughs> well, of course. And ironically enough, X Men: The End wouldn't end. They gave it to Claremont, and they were like. And the X-Men. He's like, okay, I'm thinking Tolkien. Three volumes. Six issues per volume. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and there were delays up the wazoo. It was the book that wouldn't end, ironically called, the end. <laughs> and it just wouldn't stop. And it and it doesn't end. It's not like the X-Men will die at the end. It's just it's just like, and there's a new beginning. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, the whole point of this was a, a fun rumination on what would happen if it actually ended. Well, my idea is it doesn't end. <laughs> right. And then they keep... Like, yeah, well, and that's comics, ladies and gentlemen. The next movie is Punisher Warzone, which was supposed to be a sequel to this Punisher movie. So clearly they thought it was going to make money. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, no one could make a sequel to the Punisher movie. 
<laughs> and apparently every script just failed. Everyone said no. And eventually both Thomas Jane and Jonathan Hensley walked away. Uh, and I remember a lot of like a lot of talk because Tom, Tom Jane loved playing Punisher. And he was like, oh, the next one, we're going to go to New York. and We're finally going to get into the grittiness. And we're going to do this story and that story. Apparently, he's a big Punisher fan. Oh, OK. Um, so he was like really excited to make this movie. And he was like, it breaks my heart to have to walk away. But Punisher Warzone is going to be sh- such a shit show. <laughs> I can't be involved. No, And, and just looking at the numbers, uh, Warzone tanked hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did not see the, the for this show. That was the first time I've ever seen Punisher Wars. And, and you know what? Me as well. And I'm going to tell you, it's the best one. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Punisher Warzone. Because first, first of all, by the way, 2008, the same year Iron Man comes out. Oh, really? After Iron Man comes Punisher Warzone. All right. <laughs> so... Technically, and because it's made by Marvel Studios and Lionsgate, technically, I guess Punisher Warzone is part of the MCU. <laughs> there's there's literally zero connective tissue. Yep, none. I didn't even put it together that this was the same year Iron Man came out. And I'm like, holy shit. That is beautiful. And so anyone, like, if this was in any sort of theatrical run... It did. It came out in theaters. I just didn't go. And, well, and anyone who did go was like, oh, I'm going to see another Iron Man movie. What? Oh, shit. You were in for a shock. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you did you know about all like the production problems this movie was plagued with like beforehand? Like, because one of the things for me, I was like, well, I liked Punisher 2004. I don't want to see another reboot in four years. Mm. Um, and then I heard about how like everyone in the movie was British <laughs> and doing horrible American accents and how like Lexi Alexander couldn't make the movie properly. And she was shadowed by another director. And there was all this other stuff. People are trying to distance themselves from this movie, like before the movie came out. Oh no. Like, I, and I, uh, this movie has uh, it never even been on my radar. I, I've ha- always had little blips of, Oh, it's actually pretty good just in the ether, but I have never, I have never seen it. I have never wanted to see it. I've never cared to see it. Like, no. I've I've heard generally good things over and o- over and over again, but I've never gotten around to see it. I knew I knew nothing of it. I'd heard I'd heard only bad things. That's <laughs> hilarious. Like <laughs> we're getting two very different interpretations of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, f- for me, this movie is not fantastic. <gasps> I, I I I it was a really hard fight after Dolph Lundgren, um, but. <laughs> I felt like this was kind of like an inferior remake of the first movie because it has a lot of the same shades. Mm -hmm. Like it's a few years later, they don't bother with an origin. They don't really show you the, the, you know, the, uh, they don't show you his family, his family getting murdered. Um, in, in fact, the both opening sequences are him yeah. are the Punisher killing a mafia family in a mansion. Right. Ooh. And they're both excessively violent. Like and both those movies have some extreme violence, whereas the Tom Jane Punisher pulls their teeth out a little bit. You don't really get this get a lot of gratuitous violence. Mm-hmm. You get satisfying violence. Yeah, I, I we didn't even get a chance to talk about like I made you kill your best friend and your wife. I love those scenes, I think they're great. But like uh, like you said, too clever for Frank. It, the the fact that in, in 2004's Punisher, the fact that he went out of his way to like set up the best friend <laughs> with the wife and make it look I like know. the wife was cheating. Like there is no way that Frank Castle would ever do something like that. 
like, why would I do that? There is a scene in Warzone that is straight up Frank Castle that I was like, okay, you got me. Um, which was when he, uh, <laughs> it's in, it's at the dinner table. Yes. There, and he, they got the guy, the F, the federal agents, like arresting him. And then Frank just turns around, just blows his what, face While off. holding a small, while rescuing a small child, yes. just takes a shotgun point blank to a guy in handcuffs face. It's just, it's perfect and beautiful and it was like it was one of those moments where like perked me right up got like made me made me exclaim oh no warzone's great i I, I literally was like oh shit like you got me (laughs) um it it has uh, its flaws warzone has its flaws but you know like to kind of wrap up with the 2004 punisher i know we're jumping back and forth but fuck it that's how it's working Right, exactly. like like the the end of of uh, 2004's Punisher is <laughs> is a, this ridiculous sequence where where he he ties John Travolta to a back of a car and then like makes the car <laughs> drive by itself and explodes everything and it's just yep. over the top and unnecessary. Yeah, in the shape of a skull. <laughs> oh, that's right. Like they got that long establishing shot from like. This from the helicopter where you see like a flaming skull and you're like, who's going to see this? Why did you do that? It's the same reason in Daredevil where it's like, hey, if I throw my cigarette over there, it makes D's. Why did you do that? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fa- for me, it's satisfying because John Travolta is such a prick in that movie. Like, and it's maybe because he's not acting and I'm like, fuck you. Everyone's trying and you're just sitting there John Travolting it up. And then like... <laughs> They they gave you fire. they gave you some pretty boys to hug John Travolta. You should be happy. Yeah, all right, you got me there. <laughs> he does have a couple of great moments. I <laughs> yeah, I do love a couple of scenes with John Travolta. He, I mean, he's John Travolta is one of those actors who, even when he's giving a bland performance, it's still better than if anyone else had that part. He John Travolta is a very weird <laughs> actor. Like he's just he strange. is a weird actor. Yeah, he is very strange. He made he made a lot of strange choices in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of awkward lines that are just kind of like only a John Travolta can say these. Yes, when he's like, I don't know why he's why he came back to life. Maybe he came back to life so he could kill him again. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> um, she took a train. Uh, the, the, like oh yeah, <laughs> they gave. They gave him the quips. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but but yeah, then, then we, we go to Ray Stevenson. We go to 2008 uh, War Zone. Ray, this is the, the oldest Punisher we've ever seen. Mm. He's, he's yeah. been doing it for a long time. He has established relationships with uh, with Microchip. The, the guy at the police station, you know, said every file oh. in this basement is a kill is... associated to the Punisher. And it was an entire bait. Like, this was definitely old man Frank Castle. And yeah. that's why I kind of loved it. And, you know, like... It the, to me that it's classic Punisher, where you know it's no, you're right. It about starts that. the movie with a, an awesome action sequence, uh, and then he makes a mistake. You know he he kills he kills a, an undercover FBI agent, and mm-hmm. it makes him question everything. Uh, you know all the work that he's been doing, and then you know he's pulled back because he's got to protect a wife and a kid. And it's like it's simple, basic Punisher. Yeah. Oh no! It well, if you try to complicate Punisher or give him like an intricate backstory, or if you give him like a, a plot that has ninjas in it or whatever, <laughs> like we've seen before, <laughs> people are gonna go, "Who gives a shit?" Their eyes are gonna gloss mm-hmm. over. Like, just he kills people, and maybe like the the conflict needs to be like internal. Mm-hmm. That was that was in, in in many ways for me. I'm like, oh shit! Like, where for me, 
this is almost a Marvel movie where it's like the conflict is about his choice. But as a Punisher watcher, I don't care about his about his problems. <laughs> like that's one of my central conflicts with like the Punisher show. Like I love that show, mm-hmm. but like when he, he, I'm not in it for him to redeem himself. I don't want to see him stop being Punisher. Right, right. If your central conflict is, I am this. I don't want to mm-hmm. be. But the conceit of the character is that they're always this. That might be juicy in terms of acting, but for me as a, as a story, it's not really satisfying. So, like, when he's like, I killed a federal agent, what am I going to do? And I'm like, well, you keep, you're, you're going to keep killing people, Frank. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, but no, and they, they gave him an excuse to keep killing people. They, like, there's always that push and that pull. And, you know, like, yeah. for, for me, not being a huge Punisher fan, right. I've always felt that the Punisher has worked best in a team-up. Yes, you know, like uh, John Barenthal as Punisher in Daredevil season two oh. was fucking brilliant. It's the it's the pinnacle it, for me. Like yes. I loved that show, but like I'm I'm always chasing that scene. Oh God, the the I mean, like one the the uh, the jail fight scene is <sighs> is perfection personified, yep. televised, and and everything wonderful in and an action movie. But just mm-hmm. his interactions with Daredevil, like having a conversation with another hero justifying either of their actions, like that's where the Punisher can really shine. Right. And for for a lot of people, because you know, like comics sell if they sell a hundred thousand copies, it's a good <laughs> right, um, right. which is really sad because you know I grew up in the days when like they sold a million copies. Well, you know, comics now are are pilots for future movies or TV shows, which is fine. Which is just like sad. you know, it is like, what it is, <laughs> right? But uh, but like a TV show, it's getting tens of thousands, millions, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, so we don't know. Netflix doesn't really release their numbers. Um, but we know that like quite a few people, probably more than people who have ever, more people saw that scene in Daredevil than have read a Punisher comic. Right, right. And for a lot of people, like they finally got the Frank Castle character when he's like yelling at Matt about how he's like, when, when you hit them, they go to, they get back up. When I hit them, they don't. Mm. And I'm like, they, that completely like for people crystallized who Frank Castle was. And like, they made Punisher fans out of that one scene in Daredevil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, and, and know, John Barenthal is just fantastic. Also, just, he's so good. He's such a different Punisher. Yeah. He's such a, like a, he's like a, he's like a maniac. <laughs> like, right. He's a, a tiny grunty Punisher. And I love him. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I've never thought about it, but like, I watched the whole season of Punisher in three days and I like by the time it was over like all I could think about was him just like when he's about to kill someone he's like he just has this like this yell and you're like holy shit like it's terrifying Mm -hmm. like I would hate to be an extra in that movie (laughs) but he has this like yell and this grunt and I'm like holy shit like Like, and no one you would need to hug it out after the day's over like John are you okay (laughs) yeah yeah and this dude has kids he's like I'm sorry man like uh, but like no, none of the other Punishers swung for the fences the way John Bernthal. Agreed, was. agreed, agreed. But you know, like uh, I think what Ray Stevenson does is very akin to the, like he is playing the Punisher as a tank, right? And, and uh, you know, he straight up is, yeah. And, and you know, looks wise, acting wise, he is he's a brick wall. And I say that as a compliment. Oh yeah. Oh no. That's like that's the highest compliment you can give him. I don't get that weird neck thing he, collar he has 
where uh, on his suit. Well, one, he's a tank, but two, like it, it actually came into play. Remember the fight scene with? Um, oh yeah, he did. With, um, who's that actor? I've seen him a million times, and every time I see him, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like you're in you're in Resident Evil again, again. again. He, that guy just <laughs> likes working, and you know. Oh yeah, no, he's the hardest working actor in Hollywood. <laughs> Colin Salmon. Thank Colin you. Salmon wow, really? is his name. And and he's in a fight oh. scene with Colin Salmon. And actually, he goes to strangle the Punisher, but he's got that stupid neck thing, so he can't do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's not really fair. It's, like, we justified it by having him try to strangle uh, no, him. It, but also, it look like it, it, it's his look. It's, it's yeah. you know, that it's he is he's more. Uh, also, uh, side note: It's super ridiculous that uh, the Punisher just walks around the street of New York with his guns. That out. moment when he's walking around and he's just in full fatigues with the. And by the way, like kudos, he's got the he's got the skull logo, but not exactly incognito. No, if you know what I no, mean. No, he's he's got the skull logo on his you know armor. On his armor and two giant guns hanging off him, just walk casually walking around New York. Just walking. I guess like uh, he's he's the safest man in New York. Like no one's gonna mess with that guy. <laughs> but I, I suppose like that. I I, I want to say and and I I do usually try to find the arty farty bullshit even in movies like this. Sure. What, yeah. What I think this is about is him being at war is like he he's not there for personal relationships or for fashion the man no. is living and breathing the war that he's fighting right and that's that's a fair point and you know what that's like that's actually worth a, a, a not maybe a rewatch i guess but it's certainly a re a reconfiguration of my opinion about the movie mm-hmm. um because like there were a lot of things for me that i'm like oh, come on because for me this is a hodgepodge of what we're at now and what we were doing in between like this is like daredevil and iron man at once <laughs> because you have this introspective punisher like it's punisher he's killing people he killed the wrong guy and he feels bad about it that's cool mm-hmm. but then like when they're taking jigsaws make or bandages off and it's making like all the worst most in stock <laughs> sound effects yep i swear to god i heard the clay pot sound right. effect when somebody knocks him over <laughs> the, the curlin nescar right uh, yeah i heard the <laughs> absolutely no absolutely and and there are eye rolly moments you know the, oh, the jigsaws the irish parkour uh, oh the irish parkour bad guys I roll. That was that was straight up Daredevil. Like for me, that was Colin Farrell. <laughs> I, I had complete flashbacks. They're jumping around. They're playing. I, they're playing like Dropkick Murphys while they're doing it. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what even is this? And he just murders them. I appreciate there's no intricate bullshit. It's like, it's like one of the best scenes in Die Hard Four when he's fighting like the parkour guy and then he just pushes him into a into into a spinning van blade right. like like these guys are you you think to yourself yeah. like oh these guys do parkour this how is this going to pay off in a fisticuff action sequence but he just kills them with a rocket launcher <laughs> <laughs> when he, the guy backflips <laughs> to the other roof and he just rocket launchers that elicited a full laugh out loud like okay if, you know check mark for classic good classic punisher you got me. right yeah, classic punisher but but like also also, like Jigsaw, you know, he he realizes his face is all deformed, and then he looks outside and sees a jigsaw puzzle, and so he says, "I'm Jigsaw now. Call me Jigsaw." And you're like, "Wait, what?" That was. Rough. I feel like we missed eight steps. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even like at that point. I okay. So 
As a kid, I always remember that Jigsaw was called that because his face looks like a jigsaw puzzle. Of course. That has always been Mm -hmm. it. But for the first time ever, I thought, does he mean that it looks like his face was carved up with a jigsaw? Oh. Like, I I could not for the life. I was like... You, this movie made me question what the meaning behind Jigsaw was, and that is not a compliment. <laughs> no, and you, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's called Jigsaw because when he was drawn, his face looked like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Boom. Done. Right. Done. And by the way, when you see that mask, or that I'm sorry, that makeup, um, he looks so stupid. Yeah. But, uh, but I took a note. We're like two thirds of the movie. I go jigsaw's makeup grows on you. Yeah, I kind of like it a lot. Well, you know what it is. By the end, I. Oh, sorry. sorry, No, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. By the end. Oh, I just like. uh, By the end, I kind of liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially when I saw the trailer for Punisher season two, and Jigsaw has a little beastly the movie esque scar on his face. Oh, Jigsaw season two. Oh Oh, yeah. Little Fuck, water at down. least Dominic West wore that horrible prosthetic the whole movie. Well, I, I think they it, it is it's a bad mask. Like it it's clearly weird. looks like a Halloween mask. <laughs> yes, but they commit to the bit. Right, one hundred percent. They they just say this is what it is. We're not making excuses. He is now a ridiculous supervillain. Go. Oh yeah. Oh, he goes from. I, I love it because like. The opening, it's this big mob, got the family, got the old mobster guy in the wheelchair, who, by the way, is decapitated by the Punisher. Um, uh, then it, it, But it devolves into like, okay, so Jigsaw's the head of the family. And then that like devolves into, let's break into this one guy's house and steal his stuff. Oh, there's no stuff here. I guess I'll just go to jail. And But like, yeah. I, I have a note here. Jigsaw's team goes with him wherever he goes. And it's just like, it looks like, because he's just got him and his, like, his four rowdy friends. There is no mob anymore. It's just him and, like, three guys. And they're just, like, all, and they all scram into his sedan. And they drive around town, like, trying to do mischief. But and it's like, to be fair, that is the actual plot. Which yeah. is all the mafia is dead now, and he's trying to rebuild the family, but doesn't have any cash. <laughs> And so, like, it's, exactly the it's dumb. I'm not. I'm not saying it ain't dumb, but that is the uh-huh. actual plot. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's just. Well, but then he recruits the other mobs. Like he gets the Irish mob and the Russians <laughs> in a scene in which Jigsaw walks into this like, I think it's. I don't remember who it is. He makes a deal with the Russians. And then he also goes into this other mobster place, which is like a warehouse, and they have a giant. TV screen projecting the American flag. Right, that's and it. Was a weird. He walks in front of it and has a patent moment <laughs> because because he's he's going to all the different gangs. You know, first, first right. he goes to like 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 a like a hip hop club and he re- recruits that that's gang, right. and then he goes to like a Japanese club and recruits that gang and the, and the, the Irish yeah. gangsters. He he goes around because yeah. he now he has money. Yeah, the the yeah. way the plot works, which is dumb. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's super dumb. It's hopeless. He, he sold mm-hmm. out the Russians to the American government. To Homeland Security. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but he part of his deal is he got to keep the $12 million as part of the sale. A deal never would oh, have. Oh, God, no. Oh, Jesus. Not even, like, it's not even, like, based in some germ of reality. 
It's just no, no, oh, no. It, but he keeps the and, money, and they give him microchip. Like they give him everything. They, he keeps There's the no money. Tit for tat. Like, he gets immunity from all past crimes. They give him a civilian as a token. Like. <laughs> Yeah, like, by the way, this isn't a movie where there's a lot of layers here. There's a lot. This is a movie in which the entire New York police, at first we think, like, oh, man, one of the cops is in on the Punisher. Like, one of the cops traps Punisher, and then he's like, get out of here, take my car. And you're like, oh, cool, this one cop is, is like, totally in on Punisher's mojo. Then it turns out basically the entire police department. Right. They they just they they're happy about the Punisher because he kills the bad guys and that's what they want him to do, I right. guess. It's it's insanity. It's just insanity. Right. So all the cops are corrupt, but we're supposed to believe that the Homeland Security people are fine and they just openly made a deal with this guy but there's no like weird no no you don't understand like everyone's corrupt and punisher's got to go to the feds now like he's got to kick their ass like no they just make this deal because that's what the federal government does well and uh, like i i understand the point that the cartoon logic is they you really need to hammer home the point that sometimes bad guys get away with things oh yeah the system's and, broken we have to we need the system to not work Otherwise, there's the Punisher's just a psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the show, by the right, way. Like, exactly. But the the climax is practically just like uh, I made a deal with Homeland Security and I made it and I confessed to what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> hooray! Oh yeah, no, and it's it's dumb and it's it's schlocky. It absolutely is. This is this is like this is shades of of two thousand of nineteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. like. 2004 they're like i think we can make a little let's make it a an homage to this that this is just like here's some shit and if you like it good for you there's a looney bin jim character who just eats people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what the fuck um but anyway so yeah i'm sorry but so he's recruiting because he guys oh that's right yeah and that leads us to what i'm uh, i'm uh, i think i'll charitably call it um a mini raid i don't know if you've ever seen the raid Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, you know, the the raid is a, is a fantastic action flick. It's it's basically a, a video game movie where it's it's literally a, a raid on a multi-story warehouse, and the the main character just has to fight his way through all the levels. Uh, also, if you've seen Dread, very similar. Dread, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is another fantastic movie. Yeah, well, what's hilarious is Dread is just like the last act of Warzone, but all well, right. But yeah, Raid and the Dread. But they, yeah, they yeah. had a fun idea, which is we're, we're just gonna set up all these bad guys here so we can have a big action sequence. We get a big action sequence. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, it's a video it's not game. Deep. <laughs> no, but neither is the Punisher. He shouldn't be. If you've made the Punisher deep, if you give him any kind of like, you 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 don't get Frank right. Castle. Like, he's uncomplicated. He's, like he's uncomplicated, and, and that's where we can get some of the fun. You know, we finally get to kind of the the boss battle here, which is very a, yeah. a very simple oh morality choice. I I wrote down the supervillain choice. Like, isn't that dead? Like in in Spider Man, which is by no means a perfect movie, but when you're a Spider Man fan and you thought you were never going to see mm-hmm. one, it it's it's like the second coming. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> Then you get homecoming and you're like, oh, never mind. Um, but uh, wait, wait, what are you what are you what are you trying to say here? Uh, I, I just I'm just saying it. What, what are we trying to say about Spider Man and Homecoming? What's going on here? I like I like Homecoming more. Okay, no, that's fair. That's that's what I thought you were saying. Green Goblin says he 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 does a self referential joke about how stupid the supervillain choice is, where he says this is the part in the movie. 
where I have to make you choose between the girl and the and the innocent. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the trope. Sure. Like at that point, you've killed mm-hmm. it. You can't then seven years later have the Punisher enter into that choice because like he's not a superhero. And the choice is stupid. Like, for me, I'm like, the supervillain choice is, is a dumb trope. I've never liked it. I also, as a, as a longtime comic book reader, I didn't really see it too much. That I feel like that's like a lazy Hollywood thing. Absolutely. So when Jigsaw's like, I'll kill your fat friend who has no one in his life. Yeah. Or these children. <laughs> like, w- what choice do I have? Well... First of all, you're absolutely right. This is this is very lazy action movie writing. Right. This 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 scene has happened 100 times before, and it will happen 100 times after this. It's yeah. super lazy and hackneyed. Every everyone uses it. I would like to think that it wasn't necessarily a choice about choosing between his friend or an innocent child. I think the choice was more about whether or not he would shoot any innocent person. Ah, uh, well, and I guess if you were to go thematically, he already has done that. He's he's beating himself up over it. If Jigsaw knew that he had killed a federal agent, and maybe he did, since the feds practically gave him exclusive access to all of their files. Well, oh, well Jigsaw does know that he killed a federal agent because remember the agent was undercover in Jigsaw's organization. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. I don't think, but I don't remember him ever saying like, "Oh my God, Punisher killed a regular guy." Like, I don't, no, 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 no. J- Jig j- for Jigsaw, that's not part of his plan. But but right, for, he's not trying to like, he's not yeah. trying to emo- evoke emotions out of the Punisher. <laughs> that's but fair. like for us as a as an audience and thematically, that's you know what they're going for is will he, the the whole his whole character arc in this movie was feeling bad about shooting an innocent person. So would he right. do the same thing again to save someone? And at the end of the day, he does not. He just shoots the bad guy knowing that he's going to lose someone. Right. And so I agree that it's very hackneyed, though it kind of works. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I was like, what is going to happen? There's no, for me, there's no tension because you know what's going to happen. Right. The only tension is that you're expecting something to be different because they're doing it. Right. You know, you're like, oh, why are they doing this? There must be some kind of spin. You know what I kept because waiting for? If, and and this, this was dumb of me to wait for it. I was I was waiting for something <laughs> clever. Um, they, they set up a Chekhov's flashlight in the beginning, which is, which yeah. is uh, Frank Castle gives the little girl a flashlight. And yes. then they reinforce that she had the flashlight because she like flashed it at the window. And so yeah. I was waiting for her to like use the flashlight in some clever way. Yeah, like blind uh blind her assailant so that he can shoot Jigsaw and then shoot him. I don't know. I, I wanna say that yeah, they set up, they did similar things in other movies where they set up characters having uh, a Punisher knife in, in the Dolph Lundgren yep, Punisher. The, he had special skull knives, and they set yes, up like other characters are, having those knives who wouldn't normally have it. And I was like, oh, I bet that's going to pay off later. Nope. Oh nope, yeah, nothing clever. Nope. So, um, <laughs> which is fine. Again, we don't we don't necessarily yeah. want something clever, but to maybe get around the the hackiness of that situation. That's a thing. But then I guess if they had executed it perfectly, like if it was clever. 
it wouldn't have been a punishment. Exactly. Like, it would have been, it would have been like, oh, what are you doing? Like, he's not Daredevil. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like, if it, like, let's say, like, let's switch out the villain, right? Instead of it being Jigsaw, it's Hammerhead. Mm. So, he's, you know, he's got the adamantium plating in his skull, um, which, of course, by the way, the video game completely ignores, but never mind. Uh, but he shoots, but like, he's, he's you know, he shoots a hammer plate in his skull. My. Yeah, but it's number one. It's not adamantium, which is like you know, as a nerd, I'm like, it's not oh, the special metal. Uh, yeah, also Wolverine. like his. Uh, while I, I enjoyed all the a lot of the story stuff of the DLC, the, the he... fact that he turns into a big cyborg. What the fuck is? It's that? a waste of a villain. <laughs> like you could have had anyone like, turn into a cyborg. Well, how about Silvermane, who literally becomes yeah. a cyborg? Ooh, well, that might have worked. And, no, oh, it was right? a, like, a waste. He's a mob guy. Yeah. Uh, but like no when Hammerhead jumps down and he's like a giant robot I'm like what the fuck oh, even before that like even when he's just wearing like the exosuit you're like what are you doing yeah, like, Hammerhead well, I, I feel like a lot of people saw that ending coming before me because he's like I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna be reborn I'm like Hammerhead just has a metal plate in his head he can crash through walls like he's good you're done Th- that's his whole shtick is-, is he's a bad guy who shtick. has a, a head that can kill people like boom yeah, and like, and I'm like, oh, now he's wearing armor, okay. And then it's like, oh, he's a he's a fucking robot. Yeah, yeah, oh. you know, good with the bad. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, but if it had been Hammerhead, he could shoot Hammerhead in the head. Mm-hmm. The bullet ricochets off Hammerhead and then shoots the other guy. Oh, that would have been great. You know, a daredevil move where it's like bounce the billy club off the other guy. But um, again, if it was clever, wouldn't have been Frank. So. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. But I was like, the supervillain choice? Like, why not just a big stupid... It, for me, I'm like, just just make the schlock. Like, equilibrium. You know, like, just kill the guy with a sword in one move. You know, don't, don't set up an... Like, or build to an elaborate fight scene and then Indiana Jones him. Right. Just shoot him. <laughs> right. Though, I mean, once, once we do get done with the hackneyed moral choice, it is just... Um, it's Frank literally just like picking him up and throwing him against a wall twenty times. Oh my god, which is satisfying. Yes. And, and uh, like, and then it, he has to pause a little bit because the mom's like, "Hey, can you uh, wait till we leave the room before you smash him?" <laughs> which is so they great. Do, they, Such a real. They moment. leave, and then Excuse he continues me. to just beat the living crap out of him. Yeah, though no, that's dope. That, that's that's yeah. dope. <laughs> um. What's up with Jigsaw's outfit, his supervillain <laughs> costume? <laughs> That's another note I have. Uh, okay, so making he, a movie is from- hard. There's a <laughs> there's a lot of choices that you have to make. And right, sometimes like you make the wrong choice, but you, ha- you that's the choice that was made, so you kind of got to go with it. Jigsaw um, wears a suit for the most of the mm. movie. And then around the same time that he has his... Patent because we never talked about it. He goes before when he when he recruits the the, the gangbangers, mm. they have a big screen with a billowing American flag, and he stands in front of it, and we have a montage of him giving rousing speeches to local gangs about how they're all going to team up and kill the mm-hmm. Punisher, and it's this kind of like you know, like are we men kind of speech, <laughs> but it's like hackneyed and dumb, which is supposed to be dumb, and I get it, but they're playing an American like they're playing a patriotic theme in the background. It's just it's this weird it's, it's like over the top in a strange way, yeah. It's very The Purge Ooh, sure, for me. Sure. But uh, in any case, he, he has this scene. But then after that, around that, that time, like when he embraces being a full, stupid, schlocky supervillain, he puts on this full white like outfit that has buttons and a big collar, kind of like Punisher. 
and I guess that's like the homage to Jigsaw having like a suit, like because Jigsaw in the comics kind of has like an outfit that he okay. wears. In real life, he looks really stupid. <laughs> oh, because he's wearing a Halloween mask and clearly an outfit that doesn't belong in this universe. Right. And it's like, you know, whenever you watch the behind the scenes of any movie, particularly superhero movie, you see the progress where they're like, okay, so we put them in the, we, we, we for, for shits and giggles, we made the costume from the comics. And wouldn't you know it, it looks fucking stupid. So we didn't do that. We instead evolved it. We, we went with Jigsaw. We put him in this white leotard type thing. And uh, I thought, this is really stupid. But the director said, stop drilling, you hit oil. Just put him in that. Do you realize how over budget we are? Just move on. (laughs) Which is part of the thing. Like, you got to make a decision. They don't always turn out right. The, yeah. Like, the other part of it, though, is like you said, it, it cuts. Like, he's a gangster. He, like, his whole shtick character wise is he, he likes to look good. Yes, he's the butte. That's his old monster. Exactly. And, and so the strange thing about it is even after he he's horribly disfigured, he still wears nice suits. And that kind yes. of works because he still likes to look nice. And then cut to the next scene, he's just wearing this outfit. <laughs> there's no transition. There's no like he saw it on a store mannequin and was like, that's in fashion. I'm going to wear that one. <laughs> you know, like, by the way. Jack and I are doing way better accents than what Dominic West did. What are you talking about? Everyone sounds like it is. Everyone in this movie is walking here. Everybody's walking here. Even because what the most uh, the the worst example is the the wife of the dead agent. Oh my god! She's like, "What are you doing here, Frank? Get out of here!" I'm like, "Oh, you too!" Like, and my only explanation is the only explanation is they're all British. And they all have to do a voice. Mm-hmm. Because, like, everyone is walking here. And I'm like, what the hell? Dominic West, by the way, if you're not familiar, he played, um, he's been in The Wire. Uh, he was in uh, Tomb Raider. But more importantly, he played, like, the guy in uh, 300 who rapes uh, Leonidas' wife. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. And I'm like, this guy is unmistakably British. There's no question in my, he's, and he plays a mook? <laughs> That being said, he he is he's the hardest working actor mm. in the movie because he has to wear all that shit and he's doing a voice and he's got to like he's got to be physical like he he's a triple. Oh threat. no, and and he, he's 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 acting appropriately. Like he is chewing the scenery in a, in a way that really works for the movie because he he gets the kind of movie that they're doing. You know, like this is schlock, yeah. this is dumb. I'm the bad guy play to the back seats you know there is a there is a great scene where he does kind of act where i went like oh that's kind of real <laughs> um look wow this almost became like a real movie where he um he's he's he th- he's fooled himself like he's having such a good time despite the accident which by the way really quick frank throws him into a recycling re- like glass rendering mm. machine and he, he's like rolling through the glass and you're like, okay, oh, this is where it becomes Jigsaw. But like, it, like he keeps rolling through the glass and then he goes like, ah, oh, my face. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, we got to hammer home. Yeah. Not, oh, my internal organs are like, oh, my dick. Like he's no. like, no, my face this, is being cut. This is cutting up my face in several <laughs> areas. This will surely will scar that? me later. 
<laughs> Do you think they'll get that? <laughs> Have them yell. ADR it. <laughs> it's really rough. But uh, anyway, he's really sad about his face. <laughs> and he's having a good time being a mm-hmm. dickhead. And he walks into like this new building they've gotten and he looks in the and he's and he's having a good time and he straightens his tie, he looks in the mirror and he sees his horrible face. And he starts to cry. No. And he turns to his brother and he's just like, I just every time I see my face <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit, like he's kinda sad. And then his brother, Looney Tune Looney Looney Tune, Looney Bin Jim, is like, Well then you'll never have to look at another mirror as long as you live. <laughs> and then he breaks every mirror or reflective surface that he comes in contact with. And, like, so his crazy brother, like, breaks all these mirrors in the room. And it's this montage of him smashing mirrors while also causing himself bodily mm-hmm. harm. And it's just these two brothers, like, clapping and laughing. And I'm like, this is kind of sweet. It's, like, not only is it a really great character moment, because, like, it actually gives depth to our villains. Like, they, they're For, real people. Who has none. That's the only moment. Like, there's no depth to him. At, like, he, he, there's no woman he loves. There's no mother he cares <laughs> right. for. But, but he has it, a family. It's he just has his a brother. brother. And, yeah. and like, but also, it's a really nice setup for Looney Bin Jim's power set, which yeah. is basically he doesn't care about getting hurt. He doesn't care about hurting himself. Right. <laughs> And he'll like eat and he'll you, eat, well, I guess. Right, and, and so like he's just throwing his whole body into these mirrors and keep getting up, and you're like, oh, so he's tough. I get right. it. Like he's going to give Frank a run for his money, yeah. and he does. It's cool. Um, by the way, in the asylum that Looney Bin Jim is locked up in, uh, he is kept under lock and key and the key looks like a dungeoneer's key from like the 12th century (laughs) and i just wanted to say out loud like i think they know what kind of movie they're making and i think that might have been why it doesn't do well because they're trying to make a movie from like 1982 (laughs) in 2008 Uh, what i'm hoping is uh, i i understand exactly why this movie bombed it is like right. you right when when Iron Man came out, like hell, when Spider-Man 2 came out, everyone yeah. needed to step up their game. And but but Iron yeah. Man was the real uh, foot swing that actually where comic book movies were actually walking the path. Yeah, like, oh, we have to make a movie. We too. have to make a movie. It has to Shit. be grounded in some sort of reality, but it's OK yeah. to get big and and magical when we need to be. And this exactly. was not that. This is this is <laughs> camp. But yeah. I, I really think that modern comic book movie audiences can look back at Punisher Warzone with a grin. Absolutely. Oh, no, it's because it's not like 89 Punisher, which is like if you love 80s exploitation exploitation well, action movies. Did you like Commando? It's, you're gonna love If you like Commando, Punisher. you're gonna love The yeah. Punisher. Uh, Punish, I don't know who the hell this movie's for or who they thought they were making it for in 2008. <laughs> like, and it's funny because I read an interview with uh, Lexi Alexander who said like, Marvel basically gave Lionsgate right of first refusal for mm-hmm. notes and that like Marvel gave notes and Lionsgate gave notes. And every time that Lionsgate had a note that rivaled Marvel's note, they had a contract stipulation that was like Lionsgate note trumps Marvel notes. And that Lexi was like, every Marvel note was great. And every Lionsgate note was this. <laughs> and I'm like, 
But does that hurt? Like, what if Punisher Warzone had been like an Iron Man? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess it's like, if you strip away, because this is like a horrible, like, amateur marble sculpture. But if you chip away all like the stuff around it, like, is there a Marvel movie in here? Maybe. I feel like no. You don't think? Because like at the core, I think at the core it is total mm-hmm. schlock. Like, I don't think there is any, because nothing is below the surface. Like, everyone, and it could be one of those things, like, I always heard that, like, Joss Whedon said that, like, with Alien Resurrection, they did everything, they took, they did the script, but they did everything wrong with it. And I'm like, it's all there, man. Like, you wrote that shit. (laughs) But, like, uh, you know, maybe they shouldn't have cast, (laughs) like, Colin Salmon. (laughs) To indicate, like, oh, shit, that's the guy from Alien vs. Predator, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> like, everything you don't like. Um, yeah, but he's a but, uh he, You know, and... But, the, by the way, he has to do a horrible American accent, that's too. That's right, that's right. And it doesn't land. <laughs> um, the only American in the movie is Wayne freaking Knight and the guy who plays uh, Soap, who I've seen before, but... The the, the 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 weird unsure of himself cop. Oh sure sure yeah yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I I don't think there's a I don't think there's anything else in here. I think like I I almost feel like the Marvel notes are like bullshit. Like Marvel was like the notes are stop making right. It. Like well, it's I'm seeing the dailies. It's not going to work. I, I, I think there there could there there would be so much that would have to change. Is the real thing? Yeah. Because like if you look at uh, season one of Netflix Punisher. Which I personally think is not as good as Punisher's role in season two of Daredevil. Mm, yeah, I agree. But with that. it's it's actually structured very similarly, where yeah. the thing that kind of brings Frank Castle back into the fold is this wife and family scenario that yeah. that grounds him. There, I mean, Jigsaw's there, obviously. Um. Yeah. And, and and so it's it's very it's kind of similar. Uh, I I would hate to see it without the schlock. I, I'm I know I'm in the minority though because I love that kind of campy schlock. But I I think there is some bare bones in there where if you went straight action movie, like if you went Marvel, you could maybe do something all right with it. I don't think the MCU is capable. Like, I don't think Kevin Feige wants to get or gets Punisher. No. Oh, no, no, no. There, I mean, it, it's never going to happen. Because no. you, you can't I sell mean, like, toys and <laughs> and the, the kids aren't going to come out and see it. No. But, like, you could make... If you just remade Dread, <laughs> but with Punisher in it. Like, if you just kept the third act right. of this movie... I think there's a movie there. Like, I think that you could make it, like, I think it could work as a Marvel movie. It's just like, you'd also have to be like, oh, by the way, it's R-rated. Like, oh, by the way, like, most of you aren't going to go see this. That's why the movie only cost $25 million. And, you know, if Marvel ever did want to dip their toes in that R-rating, obviously this is where they're going to go. But, yeah, you're not going to go Ghost Rider. Oh, God, (laughs) we've already made that mistake twice. Twice. No, three times if At, we count Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, and the... <laughs> which, who doesn't? <laughs> and so, like, for, for me, the most faithful adaptation would be Warzone. I think you're right. But on the same token, I think... And this is, like, cheating, but, like, they're all great encapsulations of Punisher from those eras. Like, yes. 89 Punisher is a really good 
look at what Punisher was like in the 80s. Right, like almost the, and, like, I'm sure Punisher was born from those movies, like from those, yeah. um, those like torture, wish fulfillment, uh, uh, death wish type movies. Certainly he was developed from those. Cause like he started out, I think in like the seventies. So yeah, seventies. Yeah, yeah. That well, makes sense. Absolutely. He's a Charlie Bronson ripoff. Like, Oh, big time. And so, and, and so like um, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren's Punisher is a perfect encapsulation of them ripping off of the comic, like making a movie that's ripping off a comic book that's ripping off the movies. <laughs> right. No, it, it's like Frank's came home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the least one is actually 2004's Punisher because like this is a likable Punisher. It's a Frank Castle that like you meet and you kind of feel mm-hmm. bad for him, um, and you kind of hope he succeeds. Like you just want him to win, but you also want him to. St- the thing is, I want him to stop being Punisher by the end. <laughs> like I want him to move on. Right. And the other two, I just want to keep. I want to just who who are we killing next, Frank? <laughs> like that's. That's Warzone and and eighty nine. Well, you know, Thomas Jane's Punisher, two thousand four's Punisher, also has this weird tone about it, where it almost feels like a light hearted movie. Yeah, no, it's totally well it's shot that way. Everyone in it is like a buffoon. Yeah, everyone in it is a cartoon, and then like they'll all of a sudden cut to him like drinking wild drinking turkey, wild turkey. Right? <laughs> and you're just like, wait a minute, why is that happening? Is he sad? He seems to be having a good time. He, you wouldn't bring a bow and arrow to an assault unless you were having some kind of fun. Exactly, and so, like, I think they didn't quite get the tone there. Even though I love Thomas Jane so much, he's great in everything. everything. Like, The Predator, I think worst movie of the year, but he's so fun in it. I'll tell you. No, I guess you know, just watch watch a season one and two of The Expanse again, and you'll get more Thomas oh, Jane. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm. That's right. But, uh, Jack, thank you so much for talking about a character that neither of us are big fans of. Uh, <laughs> Sal, thank you so much for giving me an excuse to rewatch uh, some fantastic movies. Yeah, I never saw Warzone. I'm thrilled I have now. Uh, and, I've g- and I've gained a new appreciation for it. How about that? Perfect. Uh, but... Uh, you can always catch uh, Jack over on Red Letter Media, and um, so I'm, I'm all over Red Letter Media. We're working on a, a super secret, special new project right now, not oh. video game related. I need to put that in an exclamation point. Of course, um, but but yeah, you can catch me over there. Uh, head on over to uh, my Twitter. My, my Twitter is at Harlack H A R L A C K, and uh, and yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Of course, thanks for being here, man. And uh, we'll see you guys next time here on the Elseworlds Exchange. Thanks a lot for watching, or listening in that case. Bye. Bye.